great, great. So, Amanda, can I ask your first opera translation? When was it? Where was it? What was it? And why oh, was it? Well, it was jammy. It was it was <laughs> very very lucky. Um, I. I've worked in music all my life because I really couldn't really do anything else. And I was teaching piano and working as an accompanist. And I had quite a lot of friends working in the business. And I was married to a journalist who actually, when I met him, was translating Greek poetry. It was a pretty good calling card, actually. He was translating Greek poetry for Penguin, so I was so impressed that I married him. And, well, that wasn't quite like that. <laughs> anyway, but, and suddenly, for reasons which are now in the dimmer distant past, and I won't mention any names, somebody who worked here said to us, we've just lost our translator for Don Giovanni. And why was that? Because he'd been asked to write the lyrics, to contribute to the lyrics of Les Miserables. Well, so my husband, who's much more pushy than I am, said, okay, if you've lost your Don Giovanni translator, we'll do it. And I sort of looked at him and I thought, well, you've translated things, but you can't read music. And so, you know, he said, we'll do it together. And we did. And it was a Jonathan, Jonathan Miller production in 1985. And it did very well. It was revived a lot of times. And I think it, one of the reasons it was quite good was because we didn't really know what we were doing. So we sort of kind of, you know, it was quite heady and exciting. We were working very closely with Mark Elder, who's the direct, who was con conducting it, and with Jonathan Miller, who was the director. And... I think it, I, it's a terrible thing to say, but Don Giovanni is a really hard opera to bring off, and it hasn't always been a success here. Or anywhere. But this was. Yes, it was. I do you remember, remember it? I do remember it, uh, yes. Well, there's, there's huge Philip Prowse collars yes, being the, pushed around. Yes, the yes, and sort of large set at the back. Yes. He, and I remember Leslie Garrett sitting on the... Exactly. Yeah. And Bill Schimmel at the beginning had to run in without his trousers on. Which was racy in those days. It's old hat now. But he had a very long shirt. Yeah. He didn't like doing it. Anyway, um, it, that's how it started. Oh, question answered. <laughs> well, um, and what, I mean, what's terribly interesting is we're both people who I think would consider ourselves musicians as well as, as translators. Mm. And, and I, I, I'd oh. like, like you to, to comment on how important it is to, to know about the musical aspects of... It would never occur to me to do this if I, couldn't, if I couldn't hear it. I mean, it's as simple as that. You're actually writing words to be heard, not to be read. And this has actually led quite, so I, in my opinion, some translators into traps. But one of the, I think one of the thing that Jonathan told me, Miller, sorry, that Jonathan Miller told me very early on, he is not a musician. He's a, he's a case to himself, I think. Yes, we yes. could have a whole lecture on him, yes. talk about him. But he, he said to me, and I, well, you remember these important things, because um, I was sort of, is this okay? He said, if it reads, it'll be fine. So I always have written, though you're writing, if you're just writing words into a score, you don't kind of see them as a, a sweep, and to me, anyway. I always work on a computer writing the text, and at the same time, working on a score. And I, that doesn't really answer your question. But it's, it's, I think it's very important because it's very easy for an opera translation to be gobbledygook because there's so much music in the way. Um, does that, does that yes, sort I of mean, answer? I, absolutely. I, I, I think 
I think it, what, what's interesting about what a man's saying, and I, I, I would find this myself, is yeah. you both need to know about the music and forget about the music. In in that in that if it reads well, that's that's um, important. But in order for it to work musically, you need to know how the music goes. That's the other function that of it because you're writing words to be heard, but you're writing words to be sung. And, I mean, with Donizetti, I mean, I, I've actually always rather followed my nose because I'm nothing like as experienced as Martin. I, I can accompany a singer, but I can't train them, um, simply because I've actually never really done much of that. But what you but do I, have is a knowledge of what works on, yeah, on particular yeah. vowels. and so Exactly. But it's almost because having sung a bit myself very badly, you know, it's, if, if you can if you can visualise what the, the singer and then and the the audience receiving what the singer's singing, you know, you you're getting there. But yeah. what what you have had is knowledge of how singers yeah. function. Yeah, I suppose so. Because I started off at music college accompanying singers, and I got if I if I played for four singing lessons, I got a pound. So I used to do five to nine in the evenings. That was Guildhall, and, and that kept you in beer, did it? <laughs> um, and um, so what I, I realise this is going back but in terms of people just starting out what were the things that you found most challenging about uh, in early times about setting words to music the rhymes some, some um, to, that's the sort of rather a basic yeah. problem but a lot of librettos do rhyme and I feel that the music rhymes too I was once asked to take all the rhymes out, and I walked out of the. It wasn't an opera. It wasn't an opera production. No. It was a movie, but um, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do Mozart without rhymes. Absolutely, I, um, I have to, I have to agree. There's something about the structure of the, usually the quatrain, that means that you, that if you take out the rhyme, it, what, any time, and occasionally directors have imposed non-rhyming translations on us and we don't go to Amanda at that point but um, <laughs> uh, um, or Jeremy, uh, he's really the great writer <laughs> wow. but, but what, what actually happens is that singers find it more difficult to memorise because it doesn't follow yeah. the structure of the music, of the music mm. absolutely, mm. So, so within, within the structure of the, of the libretto, the structure of the music has been dictated by that but I think English is also a much harder language to, to rhyme than, for instance, Italian. It's such a. If you look in an Italian dictionary, you've got a rather small vocabulary, you know, and th one word can mean an awful lot of things, and th its equivalent in English is about two thirds of the yeah, Absolutely. And so with English, though you've got more choice, it actually, if you've got a bad rhyme, it's either going to sound like W.S. Gilbert, who fits into a certain genre, or it's actually going to fall flat if you can hear it coming. So it's that, but anyway, apart from that, um, there are there are difficult things to deal with, like 18th century French is really quite different to um, having a croissant in a in a Paris bistro, you know. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, something I, I, like Rameau. Yes, yes. It's 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 another it's a completely different world, and I think with every translation, I'm going to shut up in a minute. No, no, no. That you have to, you 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 don't want to write a, a translation that says this is by me, you know, I'm a brilliant writer because I'm not I'm not anyway. I'm not really a writer, but the thing is that you've got to get into the genre of the of the music and know the words inside out and know which each what they all mean or might mean um, because there are so many different interpretations. And only when you've really got to 
got to that sort of sketch, that sort of draft thing, the, the director might then is going to get his mitts on it. And if it's David Alden, you know, you've got to, you've got to fasten your safety belt. Because he might just say, Amanda, that's ghastly. <laughs> Please. When you picked up those languages, did you have to be an expert already in, or is it languages, 18th century French, 19th century Italian, or is it part of the translator's job to just get the dictionaries out, get to grips with it, read about it? I mean, uh, I'm certainly not a fluent linguist. It's, it's, about, it's about knowing what the words mean such that you can, you, you, they, they, present you with possibilities in the English language. Yeah, I've caused great mirth in, in the language classes. I went to the Instituto Italiano, and you know, I take it all very seriously. And they just fall about when I quote Da Conte or something, and they just think you're an idiot. Oh, no, I've, I've had trouble with an Italian taxi driver where I was talking about genitore. And <gasps> <when> I, <laughs> oh my God, that was So that's an, that, yes. that's an old fashioned word for parents, which yeah. come, or ancestors, which comes yeah. up a lot in, in yeah. Verdi and Mozart. Um, but, but that's because it's the only Italian that I know or that I worked <laughs> on. So, so I don't know what the, what the 21st century equivalent of it is, but. but, uh, but yeah. But I think it helps the more work you do, says Pedant. Because when I did 18th century French, I've done, I've done two Rameau operas. And you, you actually, if you, can, if you can throw your... I actually do literal translations when I'm, not, when I'm really at sea. Because it just all helps your brain to grind around. And I have actually gone as far as to find an 18th century French specialist to, to look through in the early, early days. So that you... But then, when the director says, what's this, you can actually say, well, I know what it is. You know, it's quite yeah. important oh, to, yes. to actually be, hold your ground. Yes, I mean, having, having said that we're not linguists, when it comes to what does this mean, we know what it means. And yeah. you, 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 can't, you can't go, well, I've translated it this way. Because often, uh, and someone like David Alden will go, but that's not what it means. And yeah. he'll know what it means, and you have to know what it means right back. So that you say, yes, it doesn't mean what I've put, but I've derived it in this way for the, the following reason. And he can still say, I don't like it. But he, but mm. you, you, but what's not not impressive is is uh, what does it mean? Uh, oh, hang on a sec, yeah. I'll look it up because yeah. that means that you haven't inhabited the libretto for long enough. That's absolutely right. I w somebody once asked me if I was a linguist, and I said, Well, I'm not actually. I'm a musician. I said, You mean you don't speak Italian? And I said, well, not really very fluently. And he said, so you're a fraud. That's really amazing how some people are quite nasty. But, 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 it, but it, the, 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 I mean, there's something inherent in that, which is the lack of concern uh, for the musical aspect of opera translation. Yeah, that's true, that's true. I did translate a play once, and I felt completely at sea without notes to yes, hang the yes, words yes, on. Yes, yes, yes. I'd still quite like to do it because it's quicker. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things where actually you think, wouldn't it be liberating if I didn't have them? But actually, and so... It's a different ball game completely. I, I, I've, I've, called, I've called the music uh, a, a beautiful straitjacket, which might, might be a bit... Yeah, it's not always beautiful. No, that's true. But, 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 but there, is, there is something obviously restricting about it, but there's something that's comforting about having the music. When you, when I, I don't know how you started out. I could ask you that same question. Um, 
I'm afraid it was one of those things where someone said, uh, said, well, could you do any better? And I, and I started working and they said, okay, we'll do more of it. Oh, great, yeah. Mm. But when you were a kid, I mean, you, you're obviously, I don't know what you played apart from this. Yeah. But I used to write words, because I, I used to play the flute, and I actually found it really boring. My father had made me play it, and I really didn't want to. But I, so I used to write words to the, because it was always a single line, which seemed sort of, you know. And somehow you get, I think we are probably in the habit of thinking words with music, but it does, it's not, it's not a very normal thing to do. I can tell you, yeah. as a child, <laughs> One of the things I did uh, in the days before you could look it up on uh, Google um, mm. was write out the lyrics to the Jungle Book. Um, oh, and, that's so sweet. Uh, and one, one of the things that was always... I, this is very sad. Um, but um, you're going to confess. Uh, whenever I wander, whenever I roam, I couldn't be... And, and Phil Harris says, Oh, my big... And, it's, and it, for me, it's crucial that it's, I couldn't be fond uh, of my big home. And, uh, and, it was, and I always wrote it as found. And then someone showed me that the actual lyric was fonder. And, uh, and this moment of, because it rhymes with wonder. And, uh, um, <laughs> and I, 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 I mean, I, I still think the Sherman brothers are complete geniuses. And, uh, you know, Mary Poppins and Jungle Book and um, uh, Bear, uh, um, Bedknobs and broomsticks, and you know they, that that was what I was brought up on, and and I I think they're they're people who the matching of mm. music and lyrics is a Mary Poppins a great great skill indeed. Um, so so I I'd always been interested in the connection between music and yeah, words. Yeah, you have to have that. I think. I think you do. I think um, you do. But but uh, that reminds me of 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 the other the other thing that was so normal to me that I don't think is normal to anybody these days who is, who is young, is that when I was a child, I was taken by my culture vulture parents to, to Covent Garden occasionally. And, um, and we used to go to Sadler's Wells quite a lot. We used to go to the wonderful Joyley Carp. And yeah, I learned all those songs and we had the, the yeah, vocal yeah. scores. And, and then I used to go to musicals. I, went, I sort of used to go and weep and weep at South Pacific, the film. And I loved Annie Get Your Gun. I can still sing it. Um, and Salad Days. But where, and, and my, there was a funny little Handel Opera Company near, um, in Abingdon, near Oxford. And my grandmother lived there. And she used to drag me to Handel Operas. And they <laughs> were absolutely interminable. They were all in English. Willoughby Fountain. Oh, yes. And um, anyway, so I grew up in a culture. Where, and Covent Garden sang in English. I was dragged kicking and screaming to Covent Garden in, in the 50s. And um, it was sung in English. So it never occurred to me that anybody would bother to, to sing it in any other language. And then I, as a student, I went and lived in Munich for a while. And I went to the opera, sort of sneaked in, understanding a lot. And every single thing was, was sung in German. I mean, so why would I ever think that, in fact, the first time I went to Glyndebourne, I was absolutely incensed because I couldn't understand any of the words. Before I was here, I... Um I worked in Copenhagen, and it was absolutely fascinating. The, the, the response to a, to a Teutonically-based uh, country to German repertoire mm. was completely different from the way that uh, 
they reacted to French and Italian repertoire. Mm -hmm. And Andrew Shaw uh, mm. was out there, and he will tell you this story himself, was frustrated by the fact that he was delivering a punchline in Italian, and because the surtitles came up too early, the audience laughed, at the, and he said, oh, hang on a sec, hang on a sec, <laughs> I haven't got to the punchline yet. Okay. Um, well, he didn't say that, yeah, but, but he, like, he then went yeah. to the to, to the surtitle operator and made sure that they timed it so that the laugh was when he was delivering the the funny line. It was in Italian, but the, they didn't know it was in Italian because they were just reading the surtitles. Yeah, and they're just reading over and, uh, and, uh, um, the subject. Uh, exactly, yeah. but I, I, I know that Amanda will agree with me is that in that um, what's crucial about about Eno singing in English is the connection between the performer, as we're talking about with Andrew, uh, and the audience. If the two sides are speaking the same language, then the laugh is dictated by the performer and not by the surtitles. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, um, and they're listening. And, and, and they're listening, and, and the connection is direct and not through some medium uh, up above. I mean, I claim that actually that, that I could, multitasking is something I'm not very good at anyway, but as it is, you've got enough to cope with. You're, lis you're listening to the, to, the, to the music and you're watching and the acting and the drama. And to actually have to read as well at the same time, I think is impossible. So I think if you do read, you're not really listening. But actually, I've got a very good illustration of this by our, the beloved Joan Rogers, mm. who sang Ariel Dante here. Yes, she sang yes. Ginevra very, very, very well. Um, and it was in English, it was David Alden. And um, it, was, it was a very good show, it did terribly well. And then, no, so what the story I'm telling you was that, that Joan did it here. And then she went to Munich, where they performed to a German audience in Italian. And she said she knew that they were all just reading the German, the German titles. And she, she felt, having done exactly the same role, the same production, back to back, that, that, you, that a singer needs a response from the audience. And it must be really kind of tough if they're reading all the time. But they uh, must have to go into a different mode. And, uh, and you must have worked with people. Yes, but un unlike um, Amanda and I, Joan, who we're talking about, is a linguist, and she's be the first person to say, "I love languages." So yeah, it was absolutely. it was not a it was not about the languages. It was about it was about the connection. About the communication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we, we have to keep flying this flag because it works. It's and, a, yeah. I, when people say, oh, "I I don't really like hearing opera in English because it's, I I just like the sound of the original," I just feel like throttling them. What, what, but I say I still don't really know. If I hear it in Italian, I have to do this to remember what it means because my Italian isn't fluent. So I claim you can only really enjoy it if you really but understand what, it. What, what is, back, backing Amanda's point up, uh, what's actually terribly interesting is, is if you ask singers, or f pieces like La Boheme where they where everyone knows it and you go, and, and, and then you go, what's happening at the end of Act 3? Is she staying before spring or le mm. leaving after mm. winter or, you mm. know? And they go, it's a, um, it's a, uh, and so, the, and, it, yeah. uh, and quite frankly, it was only when I, and I, I uh, this is a piece that I had done in Scotland, in Leeds and in Copenhagen in Italian. And it was only when I came here that, that it became, that the question got asked because it was only when I came here that people was, were willing to engage in what the words meant. And, and what, what, what I would say is that the very fact that we, we rip out the original words and we replace them with other words 
gives, if the piece is robust enough, it can live with that and it, and it can throw up interesting options. You, you wouldn't go to the National Theatre and hear a Greek play. And you wouldn't go and hear Aeschylus in Greek or Pirandello in Italian. Or you I wouldn't dream of it. No, I mean, I, I think it really is about what we're talking about, which yeah. is communication. Yeah. And, and, and the, the um, of course, David Pountney called surtitles theatrical condoms. And there's yeah. a, there's a, there is an element of truth about it. They cocoon you in this protective layer of mm. believing that what you're doing is connecting with these words. But you're not connecting with these words. You're connecting with what someone thinks the words are. And uh, actually what makes me angry is when, uh, when directors, not, not in this place, but when I've been to other opera companies, m modify the real meaning. So, that, so, so I, I've seen situations where they've gone, I know what those words mean, and they don't mean what you're putting up there. Yes. But but no one no one ever challenges them on that one. But yeah, I haven't written many titles recently, but I've only did I only did them from from Icker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's uh, as you can imagine. Yes. He went through them with a totally. Yes, yes, but yes. I you think know. directors really need to. No, no. I, I mean, I mean, what, 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 they often don't. Perhaps for but some you know, not, yeah. But, 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 uh, well, yeah. We're, we're talking about it when we talk about the people that you're talking about with David McVicker, mm. David yeah, Alden. Sure. You know, th they are people. Jonathan Miller. They are people who uh, are, are rigorous in what in what they're expecting to see and hear, mm. and they are not prepared mm. to let things go. There are other directors who shall remain nameless who who are who are less concerned, and so. In, in, one, in one way, there's times when I go, phew, what a relief, they won't know that. And, and on the other hand, actually, there are times when I'm disappointed, going, come on, come on, you're letting me get away with things. You're, le you're letting me getting, get lazy mm. in, in my work. And, and as Amanda's saying, when you're working with a David Alden or a David McVicker, you need to be on your best behaviour and you need to be performing to your very best, which is when you perform to your very best. Yes, absolutely. We, I think we ought to try and think of something good to say about opera in the original language. I think we've, I think we've been really horrid about well, it. Well, I mean, I mean, there is no doubt that those are the yeah. words that the composer responded to. Exactly. But uh, well, what I would say about translating is that, um, from, uh, so I, 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 as in my position, I am the person who, who is, uh, discusses who we, we ask to translate, and and often people suggest noted playwrights or noted poets and and on occasions it's worked but more often than not it doesn't work because for that very reason that they don't like the the um, beautiful straitjacket that i talked about mm. uh, of the music and they they find they find it frustrating to have to bow to the demands of the composer but the composer wins out which is why uh, yes. We would both say that being a musician is a crucial aspect. You need to love what the composer has done with the words such that you want to put them into your own language. But you, ha you mustn't have an ego, because if, if it's a poet and it's their work, yes. this is why I have a slight problem with Shakespeare, um, because, I, because I think it's good enough without music, but that's just... Uh, your but fa Falstaff is fantastic. Yeah, it? but that's... Boito worked... He only has about three quotes from Shakespeare. He worked from an Italian. Yeah. I know there's a, you know, I put a bit of the Tempest in. You I did. Put a bit of, yeah, but but it's not the same as actually Peter and Peter appears in Britain went chop 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 with yeah, something like with that, you know, that sort of works. Yes. But but I feel that 
the, the librettist should be really invisible, the translator, not the librettist, the librettist is slightly different, but the translator should be invisible and shouldn't really have an ego over the parapet because it's, it's not your place to have, really. And a translation shouldn't sound as if it's by somebody. I mean, sometimes they do. Some very, very clever ones sort of, I think, stick out because they're so bloody good. You know? I know, I know. But you know exactly what I mean. I do. But, uh, but, but I think I, I would be appalled if, 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 if anybody thought it was by me because it doesn't really matter about that. Um, if it works, then the most important for me is that nobody sits down and, and thinks, oh, this is a translation. Because if, if it sounds like a translation, then it isn't quite good enough. I mean, the, the should sound natural. Absolutely, and um, uh, and the challenge is to serve both the composer, the director, and uh, and the librettist, and um, and that in itself is enough of a challenge that imposing your own structure or your own linguistic hang-ups on. I've I've sometimes found it very difficult to cope with changes being made, as Martin well knows. <laughs> and I think I've sort of sat on myself now, and I don't, I don't really care what anybody does, because you know, sort of got beyond that. But there have been times when I've felt that my words weren't respected at all, and they were just completely chucked out. And it, I suppose that was when my ego might have, might have got a bit bruised. Uh, it's, but uh, I think I, I wanted to be in on it. And it only once have I worked with a director who actually didn't even want to meet me or talk to me. Mm. And I found that really hard because I, I couldn't, I was completely at sea and yeah. uh, the, the singers were changing things all over the shop. I, I, I mean, it, it is completely understandable. You, the, the, point, the point is that mm. you as a translator have made choices and no one needs to know what those choices are. But then someone comes and they uh, suggest things that don't, don't fit the choices that you've made. That's true. I mean, I think I've learnt about that now, but also, I mean, as you were mentioning, the, you know, you, you do actually sometimes find that you have a really good relationship with a, with a director. And even though they were giving you absolute hell, as a composer should a librettist, I believe, as well, that you're actually going to end up with a better product in the end. If, after all, if you've been commissioned to write the words, you have to be allowed to say, well, actually, it's when you get completely trodden on that, that it's a bit yeah. uncomfortable. I mean, it, it, it is true that I, I, I'm, I, I do my very best to get the sing, it, singers and directors to engage with it in such a way that it's not uh, done in the rehearsal room. What, what yeah. Amanda would say is, is translation by committee is death. Um, and, and sitting around thinking for a three-syllable word that means ugly or whatever it is is never going to produce a good libra uh, translation. Um, so, so, but on the other hand, if a singer comes to you uh, three weeks before rehearsal and says, "I'm having difficulty with this. Is there any alternative that you can get that that doesn't use that vowel or mm. that, that gets this quality? Or I want 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 to do a special colour on that note, and I'm finding it difficult." That that's a lovely feeling, and you you, you know. And well, you're really good at that, and obviously, I mean, Marty's the perfect sort of go-between, as it were. But as well as because he knows about doing doing the translation as well, but also you you know you know the singers. But but so but it, what 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 is frustrating for a man and for myself and for a, any translator is is th this the first day of rehearsals is usually a sing-through, and people having not uh, not a spoken about yeah, it before yeah, going yeah. 
well, I don't like this oh, bit, God. you know, and that, that, that uh, you know, as you can tell from Amanda's face, that, that, that's when you, you as a translator, your heart sinks. The other thing is I like to work very slowly. I mean, the Don Giovanni we did originally was so mad. We did it in six weeks, but that was just for various reasons that... Um, I mean, I did Lohengrin for this company, and it's so damn long. It took me absolutely ages, and it's actually not a very good libretto. <laughs> one... one, one professional musician I met and he said what are you doing next I said I'm doing Lohengrin he said oh he's German you can only improve it <laughs> because it, it, you know what I mean uh, yeah, I, funnily enough yeah. we're the first so I've, I've only worked on Parsifal once and that was in English and, and I with and Stokes with Stokes oh he's and, brilliant yeah but uh, but I had a similar conversation to you where I was I was trying to make sense of the German to make sure that I was right on what I thought about the English and um, I was talking to German about a particular sentence and uh, I said what does this mean and she said oh it's Wagner German it doesn't mean anything and there was a <laughs> and uh, um, you know so 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 uh, and um, uh, so it, it is it, I, what I would absolutely agree with Amanda about as she's implying is is there are times when you feel enormously privileged. I, we've both yeah. been privileged enough to work on De Ponte operas, and, you, yeah. and De Ponte and Mozart, you can spend as much time as you like, and, you, and there's n you're, the, it goes around in your head, and you're thinking about it the whole time, and it's never, it's never boring, and you, 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 you are in the presence of, of genius. Um, you, can, you can be on another uh, op opera where the libretto is not so good, and... and your the frustration, the frustration, yeah. of, uh, yeah. the mediocrity of the, the words that you're being asked to to make into the English is can, I can be uh, overpowering. You mentioned Falstaff, and that that's a very good example because that is such a fantastic libretto. And my mum was one. This one of the very early ones I did. My mum always said it was my best work, but it wasn't. I mean, which was great because it was you know everything else was you know downhill all the way, but. The, the fact is that it's actually one of the best, best librettos. It's absolutely uh, it, true. It is so perfect that it was just... Uh, I mean... That took four... I did that for four months, which was quite fast. Wow, that's amazing. Yes, but I actually... Um, you see, I don't have a day job, because um, I, gave, I gave up all that. And the, the process, which we forgot to, to, to say, is that, well, for me, I need to listen to the piece yes. until I know it so well. I have yes. it on in the house, in the yes. car, wherever I go, it's... So, well, if you've got a recording with a new piece, that's a different matter. Um, and and then you then then I will very ponderously get to know the libretto. And so you, I reached the point when you kind of knew what was coming when you turned the page. But then I, I'm quite impatient. So when I think I do know it quite well, I go through and I press the pause button if I'm listening. Oh no, I don't need to. Sorry, I, I can hear it in my head. But I put in something that I can think of. So it's for me, it's a circular process. And I, if I get stuck, I get a bit impatient and move on. But some bits need longer to unravel in your head, I've found. So I think, I don't know, some things, I mean, I, Figaro took me a year, I think. But then I had the sort of year, and sometimes, I, I was working on some dictionaries, yes. That's, that, yeah. was a, that was a sort of, I did some other sort of publishing work, which was a good antidote. I suppose you can't really do it all day, every day. But uh, what I would absolutely, I would absolutely yeah. agree. You need to get to know the piece and the sound world and, the, uh, and how the how the composer has responded to the words, and mm. then, and then it's t it can be terribly interesting to to see the libretto in its baldness without without the music when you've 
when you've been soaking up the music. So it, it, it's sort of, it, it's slightly a, a, a through the looking glass mentality in that, in that mm. you, see, you, you need to encounter the finished uh, article and then the bare bones of what was originally put in front of the composer. Um, and, uh, in that order, and and somehow and somehow turn that around and put put your words to to the music in such a way that they respond to the bare bones of what the original librettist has said. Yeah, I have actually been ac accused of being a terrible pedant, but it absolutely fascinates me to read, for for example, the play on which Tosca is based, because yeah. that's five acts and it doesn't really work, and it's not often seen in the theatre. But Puccini actually realised that if he chucked hard it away and turned it all around, then he got he had librettists who he used to kick about, and um, it, it could be. And there are some pieces that are, are much better than their original source, and I think they sort of need to be. Um, but that's always that's, and it also it's all sort of grist to the mill of actually knowing the piece. Um, yes, so no, you must. You 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 you, you 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 absolutely you must you must. Uh, uh, my, my wife would say, I know when you're thinking of translation because you don't sleep as well because it's in your head in the, in the yes. night. You know, and, uh, and, uh, if there's uh, a rush, you've got to it's get not, It's not even if there's a yeah, rush. Yeah. The, the, but mm -hmm. the, what you were saying about, about worrying about a particular moment, you, yeah. I, I, I can find that my mind is worrying about it at four o'clock in the morning. But then what's great, actually, Britain used to have this. He used to go to bed and not be able to write something. And I'm sure writers must find that. And you wake up in the morning and it goes ping. Yeah. Something's yes, actually yes, happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. You haven't slept very well. No, exactly. <laughs> or yes, but 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 the, the your but you need to know it so well that that actually your mind can swim around in the libretto and go and go and then you you can find that you're concentrating on one particular part and and it just some somehow something clicks or or, or even if it's not quite right you you you've start you've broken the back of it mm. so that it then. It, you can then start working and moulding it. Do you, some, do you sometimes find that one character bugs you? That the one person that, that there's something it, about them that... Oh, they I, 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 doing Kazi, I got, a, I got a very connected to Don Alfonso. I absolutely... Oh, yeah. I, I, I knew he, he was oh. my father. But oh, really? <laughs> yeah. oh, so, so a good connection. Yeah, 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 sometimes yeah. there's a frustrating character. Oh, yes. Um, I think, yeah. No, no, I, I, I think... I get I like some more than others. Yes, yeah. I think at that it's point I get I think I get at that thing. point I get irritated with the libretto okay. rather than the character. Yeah, yeah. it's the fantastic thing actually. I mean, it is a it is a rather specialised as you'll all understand, um, but it's really worth trying. And what what I what is absolutely fantastic for me is that I just love rehearsals. It's a bit of a bull for the new stuff because I sort of haunt them sometimes. <laughs> but I, I just love seeing the thing coming together. For example, something like Handel, which, is, which works wonderfully in English, because somehow he is, we sort of own him in a way. There's Messiah and so much choral music in English. It works. But it's a very bald text. And then you come in, you go get into rehearsals and you sit in the corner. Hopefully you won't be challenged. And just to see the thing coming alive is, I mean, it's just the best. It's so brilliant. I mean, it, it is. It is true that you, there's, there's something wonderful about that. For, it's, mm. it's it's terrible when they say, "I don't like this bit. Can you change it?" That's that's when your heart drops. But but the first time that you hear your words sung to to music it's and you go, "Oh, that sounds so much better than I could ever imagine." But also just to have that privilege of hearing such fantastic singers. I mean.
I'm just fascinated by what different casts are like. Because ah, yeah. you, you do remember. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh, engaging in the text in such a way that the audience, that they know that, uh, that the majority of the audience is speaking that same language yeah. is something that is particular to ENO and is uh, something to be cherished and nurtured and... Uh, and I don't see that even when they're singing in English at, at the garden. There's, there's not that connection between the audience and the performers. Mm. 